Not only do we debate the running back duos across the NFL on this episode, we debate a very hot topic right now in the world of ice cream. You do not want to miss it. Tune in to the Real Fall Fans in New Jersey and fill up those wine glasses. are sorry about that oh i'm getting uh our special guest is being a little rowdy this evening so let me bring her on before she even gets rowdier so ready everyone ready one two three say hello to honey bear she's been on three times now i think (laughs) hi baby girl you were just getting so rowdy you want to say hello look at that face i know okay she doesn't want to say hello but you're good All right, we're coming back up. (laughs) Oh, she's probably going to get sassy now that I'm not paying attention to her, but that's totally okay. And I'm going to go ahead and hug, I mean, plug my, I was just hugging her, plug my headset in real quick. Oh, everyone bear with me. All righty, people. Welcome to the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. I am Caitlin. This is Katie. And obviously, you guys just met Honey Bear, but... Welcome to episode 213, and I think the most exciting part of this episode is that look what just arrived in the mail before the show. Katie, hold yours up because you literally just got it two seconds ago while we were literally doing this. Here's my other one as well. These jerseys are here. They are phenomenal, and oh my God, look at what Katie, yep, Katie's showing as well. I want to get like a pick. Hold it up. I want to get like a print screen. Oh, I can't. I don't know. I can't take a screenshot. I'm like, you can't do that. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd be able to, but I couldn't. But honestly, so excited. It's a little, in my opinion, more snug around my waist than I thought it would be, but it's okay. We get these jerseys. I must say, Katie, it feels so good to actually be able to purchase a jersey again and get excited for it to come in the mail because I feel like we've been on a jersey hiatus for a very long time. Yeah, it's been it's definitely been a hot minute. So um, I, I know it's been a little tricky with you know the current roster the last couple seasons and feeling comfortable getting somebody. Uh, so I went with good old LT. You can't go wrong really with can. that. Nice Lawrence Taylor jersey. I think the last time I almost bought a jersey, Kate, I think it was when you and I both almost pulled the trigger on getting a custom jersey that said snacks on the back. And thank God we did it because like a month later is when he was released or, or traded. So it was like, okay, no more, no more. Yeah, he went over, obviously, unfortunately, I think he went to Detroit after us, and I just was so upset, but he ended up retiring, (laughs) snow barking, just a short time after, 
And I was like, you couldn't just stay. stop it. Uh, she wants attention. HB wants attention. This isn't the HB show, though, unless you want to join the real football fans. I, in New I can't Jersey. believe I can't believe that's her bark because in the background, it sounds like a little Pomeranian. I, she's she's got a very sassy bark. So but she's got when she barks in a mean way, she looks like a man. <laughs> and she's like. <laughs> but with that being said, oh my God, HB, I'm going to have Chris come pick you up and take you home. You cannot bark on the show, right? Okay, come here. You come here? Okay, good girl. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. As always, we asked you guys for questions this week, and as always, you delivered. So thank you for that. So we have four questions that we picked, and we want to go over them real quick. So, first one, is Green Bay's Alan Lazard a target for you in fantasy early on this year? I mean, listen, he he is the new WR1 um, in Green Bay. And early on, I don't know. There's just so many good wide receivers in this league that you already have seen are like proven WR1s, like, that are worthy of being taken early. I, I think he's, I think he's middle, middle rounds. I, I don't feel the need to pull, like, I think someone could roll the dice on it and it could totally pan out. I can hundred percent see that, but I just right. think there are so many good wide receivers in the league that like, you don't necessarily need to roll the dice. Just if he falls to you at a good spot, go for it. But I think maybe that's like middle rounds. I think that's a, like a, a massive piece of advice. And I think it's a key piece of advice that you just said, if he falls to you in a certain spot and you feel comfortable about it, like, sure, like pull the trigger. Like it's great. It's a good positioning. I don't like the word early in this stance. Yeah. There's so many, like we just did, like we're, we're talking about running backs later in the episode. We already talked about wide receivers and that list was massive. We had a lot of people going on right there. And he, to me, like as much as Aaron Rodgers is a throwing quarterback, I think they're going to have to focus on that running game this year with the loss of Devontae Adams. It just, it, to me, it's yeah. not the same thing. And you have, you know, Aaron Rodgers as an MVP quarterback. It does not matter. You lose that star player. You're going to have to make some shifts in the offense. And I don't think that him tossing the ball to one guy isn't going to result in a touchdown every single time. So I don't want people to have that mentality going into a pick for fantasy because that can actually screw you at the end of the day. So that word early, that's what I dislike about that. So I'd like your advice. Listen, if he falls to you in a certain time and you feel comfortable with it, great. But like just kind of pan out your other options for sure. Yeah. All righty. So this one's funny. Um, what does homework clause in Kyler Murray's contract say about his character? And we will touch on this a little bit more, but I guess we can just give our opinions on it now. And Katie, if you want to give like a little bit of a synopsis for it. Um, a synopsis for like the, what the contract was saying? Or? Yeah. So basically just... Yeah. There was like a little clause in his contract saying that he was like required to have four hours worth of studying time, like in a week, right? Like, you know, individual study time. And I just kind of feel like it, it, it's, it's not, it's not great because first off you would like, you almost expect that from your star quarterback anyways. I know like Eli and Peyton Manning were like such hounds when it came to like, hitting the like hitting film and like just studying right. nonstop and watching film nonstop. And I just feel like you should be doing that anyways. And I feel like the contract that they get, just gave him, and we're going to speak on that as well. 
if we're going to give you that contract, these are the things that we expect. Do you really need to put that in writing? It almost makes it feel like you don't trust him. Like he's like a little kid, like a little baby. And yes, he's young, but like you're a professional and like, right. we are going to pay you that kind of money. Like I expect that of you and you shouldn't have to put it into a contract. So I feel like it's almost like we're, we're paying you this money. So we trust you. But then at the same time, you're putting that in his contract and it makes it feel like, do you really trust me? Like, or do you just view me as like a, like a baby who needs to be monitored? So yeah, it's great. It says so many poor things about his, you know, character because, you know, coming out of college, Kyler Murray's actually known not to study tape and to not do things. Um, it really is like, that is one of his things that he entered the NFL. Like he was almost proud of saying, and it was known around the league, but you know, kind of people swept it under the rug. Well, now you're sweeping it under the rug, Arizona, to a point where now it's in your contract. So I think that this is actually a sign to a lot of teams as we enter more drafts where quarterbacks are more apparent and you want to make these guys your franchise thing. Like you said, he's a film. They're a professional. All of them should be studying film. It's not like, you know, our day-to-day -day jobs in corporate America, like we have things to do. We have presentations we have put together. We have emails we have to write. We have to do things like that. If you're a professional athlete, that is a part of your day-to-day -day job. Like you literally have to do these things. So the fact that it is actually put like contractually in writing, like that is embarrassing. So, and I think there's something in there too wild about like, he can't play video games. So I just like, it's for like certain amount of time. Like, so it's see, like, what are you doing? And this is just not Kyler Murray, but like any, like anybody, what are you doing every day in your life to be better than the day before? Like, literally. And, and to me, it's like, okay, Kyler, you want to brag about like, I don't know, like if, if you don't study film, like you're a top 10 quarterback in the league. Well, maybe if you study film, maybe you could crack into the top five. Like, what are you doing to always make sure you're getting better at your better? Job? Like, honestly, it's just it's honestly just so frustrating for for me to see that. Like, yes, I'm never like I'm never going to be an NFL quarterback. I'm not. Gonna, but it's just like for like what like exactly what are you doing to be better then? Like, I, I do question all of that. And I wonder, like, how many discrepancies or like how many like minor things in his in his contract that we're not seeing that are even more detailed than this. Like these things were made to the public. I wonder, cause I always question, is he going to go back to baseball? Like that to me is just always at the front of my mind. Like he's just going to be like, F this, like I'm not doing great in the NFL or like, I haven't won a super bowl in three years. Like I'm out of here. Like, I just like, to me, like, all of this points back to that childish behavior and also that behavior of kind of like, you don't know what's going to go on like that indecisive behavior between yeah. him. So I don't know. It just, it's wild. We're going to get more into his contract in a little bit, but I just, it's something that is mind boggling to me. You should not be told you should not be paid to watch. I mean, you are being paid to watch film, but it shouldn't be written. It shouldn't be written down. All right, so this is a question I knew we were going to get as soon as we posted the news about it, because I was thinking about it. I, like, as soon as right away, I was like, I know we're going to get this question. And I was like, oh, and I don't even know if I know the answer, to be honest, Katie. Where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up? Because... Obviously, um, he, you know, the news came out. We posted it to, you know, our Real Football Fans New Jersey pages that the Niners, they're going with Trey Lance. So that is, that's what their decision is. So um, I, 
Katie, I, I don't know. Where, where do you think he's going to end up? Where could he end up? He could still be with the 49ers this season. You're right. That's, That's a point. Still a possibility. Yeah. And to be honest, I almost feel like it wouldn't shock me if he went to a team that, you know, what's even on people's radars. Like he could go to a team like Tampa Bay with go back, be with Tom Brady, knowing that Tom Brady is probably only going to play for another season or two. He could fall in a situation like that. I think the two most quarterback needy teams now that Carolina has brought in Baker Mayfield, I think the two most needy quarterback teams in the league, um, Atlanta is one of them, but they're not going to do it because they have, they drafted Desmond Ritter. Um, I'm looking at Seattle. Who's got drew lock and Geno Smith. And I'm looking at Houston. Who's got Davis mills. And I think it's got to be one of those teams. And to be honest, I think Seattle would be, would be a good one. Stay in that division, go help Seattle beat the team that, you know, twice a year that you were just playing for. Um, I think Seattle should be, knocking knocking down the door and being like Jimmy get over here so I'm gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks like let's bring that inner conference <laughs> bring that to like bring us to them I totally understand and I I, I agree with you 100 on Seattle the thing is with Houston they popped into my mind early on but then I completely eliminated them right away because they have such this weird high on Davis Mills, and I have no idea what it is, Katie. Like I couldn't, like I could not fathom it to you, like yeah. to anyone in this world. Like you could not give me a thousand plus dollars right now and be like, Caitlin, try to make the argument for Houston, try to make the argument for him. Like, no offense, like great, you're in the NFL and you clearly have a starting position come, you know, the fall, but like I just don't know what it is, but they're so set on him. I do not think they're going to make any type of move towards Jimmy G. And they should. Maybe they're set on setting themselves up to get the number one draft pick next year. You're not wrong. 100%. You're not wrong with that. And if, you know, if someone, it's, I get a little nervous with, I don't want Bryce Young going to that. But like, I just like totally get it for sure. I just, they, they were like the sore thumb, like that stuck out to me, like 100%. But I, I, you just have to eliminate them immediately. But Seattle, yes. And it's someone, again, knows the conference or the division, excuse me, like bring them in. Let's see, because you're not really flying too high from a quarterback situation. I mean, you know, we definitely have spoken very highly of Drew Locke in the, the past, um, but clearly things haven't really we were on that train, that train derailed a little bit for us, Katie. <laughs> and we can fully admit it. We're good yeah. on our takes. So um honestly but yeah but it is what it is and then uh, i don't know i'm looking at something here oh something on all right so someone's popping in oh one of our twitter followers is finally popping in live on the youtube oh thank you so much um so yeah so then purposely tanking more of a money situation yeah well yeah totally get that i i, I, I do think too because like naming the giants right there i think the yeah. the rumor of jimmy g to the giants is hilarious always um it's not i think it could be i think it could be like a team that is not on people's radars like we're saying the obvious seattle and houston they need quarterbacks right but right. like i said it's not going to surprise me if he ends up in a scenario of like like i said like tampa bay um New Orleans, uh, just a situation where like they might yeah. have a quarterback for the season this year, but they're almost planning for the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, after this season, then what are we looking at? Tom Brady could be gone. Like, you know, so that's yeah. that wouldn't surprise me either. 
hundred percent. And like, honestly, I do actually really love that you brought up San Francisco as your first option because he could totally just sit back and let Trey Lance take it. And we're actually going to answer a question regarding that in a second. What if he doesn't actually fully take it? Jimmy G is actually your backup. So that's a very fair point there. Yeah. All right. And then finally, last question from you guys. Thank you so much. As always, what does Trey Lance need to do this year to solidify his role as the starting quarterback in San Francisco? Playoffs are bust because, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the fact that Sam Fran is moving on from Jimmy G. Um, I think he, I thought that was wild. He wildly exceeded expectations last year. The whole team did for making it to the NFC uh, conference championship game. Nobody would have bet on that. Nobody would have seen that happening. And I get it. They feel as though they've just got this game manager and they need like the quarterback to help them get over that hump and win the Super Bowl. I just don't think that Trey Lance is going to come in and like be that much better. So to me, in my opinion is like, you got to make, you got to at least make it to the playoffs. And that's going to be yeah. challenging because he's coming in for the very first time as a starting quarterback in the league. Right. You know, that doesn't usually have like, think about the, the other rookie quarterbacks that get drafted, you know, maybe in the top five in the first round and they get thrown in week one, day one is the starting quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Like that doesn't happen overnight. Like that doesn't usually happen in your first year in the league. So I don't know. Apparently the buzz is that Sam Fran is just really, they really believe in Trey Lance and we're not behind the scenes to see what they're seeing in him. I would have stuck with Jimmy G and you know, so if they end up keeping him, I think that's going to be really good for them because I'm not sold. I'm not sold on them like all in on Trey Lance. I'm just not. I'm not either. And I do want to make a comment on this comment. So Jimmy got carried to the playoffs hundred percent. And that's why Katie and I have mentioned time from time. He is a, you know, a, a, he's a game manager. He really right. is. Um, the commentary on that though, like if you want to say that maybe they'll, you know, they'll carry Trey into the playoffs. Listen, Debo Samuel is still having contract issues. Like that is a huge playmaker on your team. So if you want to think that the offensive line is going to physically pick up Trey Lance and put him into the end zone, great. That's good for you. Or if you think that defense is going to still going to stop it, that's awesome. But now you're missing two technical playmakers. So Jimmy G got carried into the playoffs for a reason. So if Debo doesn't come to an agreement with San Francisco and you're going all in on Trey Lance, you're actually screwed in multiple areas there. Unless Trey Lance truly is your guy. He really is the thing there. So, well, I think it's a, yes, it's a factual statement that he literally got carried into the playoffs. There's so many multiple factors that you have to think about now that Trey Lance is moving into that starting position. So, yeah. If the kid ends up being a freaking superstar, then we can go back and pull up these receipts. Oh, wait. But, but we I'm, just did about Drew Locke. I yeah. don't have any. I'm, I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand firm on the firm. fact that I really think the 49ers should stick with Jimmy G. And uh, I don't know why they're so, like, fine with, with parting ways and, and passing the torch to this kid. So we'll see what happens. We're seeing a lot of, you know, comments too about like youth being that, you know, that factor and that belief in the NFL right now, like bring them in young and they'll do the right thing. For me, I strongly disagree with that. And it has nothing to do with even the players. It's the coaches as well. That there's that such, you know, when we saw Sean McVay come into the NFL, there was like, I need a young, I need a young coach right away. We saw so many teams fail with that aspect. It kind of goes along the lines too, like bringing in quarterbacks and starting them so young. Like it's, 
it's not always going to make sense. It's not. Some You're not some of the best. Some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now are are young. Josh yeah. Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Okay, but there are far more young quarterbacks that have gotten their their you know fair chance in the league and have not not panned out at all. It like, is very hard to get it right when it comes to the quarterback position. And I get being excited about a young talent, but many, many times, more often than not, it does not pan out. Yeah. It just yeah. open them eyes, people. Open them eyes. All right. So those are our questions. Thank you guys so much. We're getting a ton of engagement across YouTube and Twitter right now. So keep it coming. If you have any more questions for us, please send them in. But we're going to go ahead and get into our quick hot topics for the NFL tonight. Yeah, so we're just going to run through this real quick. Obviously, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, but on Thursday, Arizona and quarterback Kyler Murray agreed to a five-year contract extension worth $230 million, $160 million in guarantees. He's now the NFL's second highest paid player on a per year basis. That makes me sick, to be honest. I just need to put it out. That makes me he's crazy. literally sick to my stomach that he's the second highest paid per year. But that's what happens. Anytime a quarterback is due to be paid, like I know, always, but still. It, they always one up the, the last one. But it was also reported yesterday, like we said, that his new contract has an addendum that requires him to complete at least four hours of independent study each week. So we already gave our thoughts and opinions on that. But uh, this one is really tough, Caitlin. I know uh, this one hits home for you. On Sunday, Houston rookie wide receiver John Mechie um, announced that he will unlikely play this season after being diagnosed with a treatable form of leukemia. Um, this form of leukemia is known as the most curable, and it actually uh, was the same kind of leukemia that former Indianapolis head coach Chuck Pagano was diagnosed with in 2012. And let's not forget when he was diagnosed, he ended up coming back at the end of the season to come coach for them. So cancer is cancer, leukemia is leukemia. We're not saying that this is not absolutely, you know, terrifying and heartbreaking, but, you know, we hope that he will be okay. Positive thoughts that he will be okay. And that, you know, to hear that kind of like to go back to Chuck Pagano and see what happened with him and see how that story unfolded. It gives you a lot of hope. Yeah, there's definitely hope. I just like want to take this moment to like send all of like, I like, it makes me so emotional. I, I absolutely love uh, John Mechie so much. Um, he was such a crucial factor, you know, with Alabama these past couple of seasons mm -hmm. and he was going into the championship game this year. And unfortunately he suffered that really gruesome injury I was so high on him going into the draft when so many people yeah. pushed him back because he was coming off an injury. I wanted the Giants to take he him. Went one to the Giants, um, 44th <laughs> overall pick in this year's draft. To the I was so ready for the Giants to take him, and I really wanted them to. And I, I will still, no matter what happens, I will still be mad at the Giants for not taking him. Um I really love this kid. I love his talent. I was so excited to see him this season. This news was so like literally soul crushing for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I just like all my Bama guys, all my Giants guys, you know, I have my full heart in everything that they do on the field, off the field. So I already, I did express a lot of, you know, emotion on social media already, but I just want to, you know, share it obviously live on the show, on the podcast that, you know, I give, 
my whole heart to him, his family, his friends. And I just really, I have, like, I think there is a lot of hope. Um, yeah. There's a lot of hope within Alabama, within Houston the, and the entire NFL with him, his family. Um, and I just really want to make sure that is escalated outwards. And I just, I wish him all the best. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him come back and totally kick ass yeah. in the NFL. He'll be back. And I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. watching him. Houston, certainly, you know, they need him like, and oh, he, yeah. he could have been a big playmaker for that team this year. So I know he'll be back. And uh, when he is, I know he's going to be an exciting player to watch. So, yeah. Um, following 13 seasons with five different teams, wide receiver Danny Amendola announced his retirement. The 36-year-old last played for Houston in 2021. It was a two-time Super Bowl champion with New England. It's almost like, oh. I forgot only, about him, to be honest. Only two games with New England? Like, I thought it was like, you think it's more, but. I, I like, um, forgot about Danny Amendola. <laughs> he also played for the Rams, uh, Miami, and Detroit. He finishes his career with 11,761 all-purpose yards. Yes. Another retirement to announce. This one, this one had me emotional. I thought this one was sad. I, no, again, it was a very yeah. emotional couple of days. <laughs> um, yesterday, Seattle running back Chris Carson announced his retirement due to that neck injury that he sustained last year after playing in just four games last season. I I drafted him in the third round of my uh, fantasy football draft. I think I had him you know? not this last season, the season. So before. that was that was tough. But a neck injury is a very right. very serious thing. Um, at twenty, he's only twenty-seven years old. Oh, um, Carson played just five seasons in the NFL. You know, a, a good enough back that like I took him early in fantasy. Like he really, he was a really great back in the league. His decision to retire came after he failed his physical. So, you know, it was a very serious injury that he still failed his physical. Right. Seattle will now release him with a failed physical designation so that he can receive injury protection benefits. Um, I you very hate much see, respect that, yeah. Yeah, you hate to see careers end over, um, over oh, serious injuries that, you know, you can't really – come back from uh i think back to david wilson with the giants he had what like two games yes, and like yes. hurt himself and that was nick gates we don't know what will be with nick gates we don't yeah yep. super gruesome injury last season and so it's very heartbreaking but listen you know health is first and foremost right and uh you know what he did do in his time in the nfl obviously he had a he had a great a short but great five, yeah, five seasons, holy to, and that you think of him as a human being. Most NFL players do not get five seasons. No, but you, you thought maybe he played for 10 seasons because you yeah. saw Chris, Car Chris he's, Carson. He's a, vet. he's a vet. If you're a football fan, he's a household name. You know what he's doing. You know what he was up to in Seattle. You knew everything that he was doing, even when, certain times you questioned, you know, who Russell's, you know, weapons were, you knew he could pass it off to Chris Carson, that injury going down, you were like, Oh, kind of crap. Like you do have, you know, wide receiver weapons, but what are they going to do in that aspect? Cause he was your go-to guy hundred percent, yeah. like beyond shocking. And again, five years, like guys, like that's a, it's just not a long time at all. Um, but he did so much in such a short amount of time, uh, should definitely be proud of everything. But like you said, health comes first and it just, it is sad to see such a young, he is a young talent, a young talent go. Absolutely. 
Um, okay, well, these last two ones both have to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers adding two new weapons to Tom Brady. Of course they are because they keep everyone, but they're playing with – they're like the, the Rams. They have Monopoly money. It's like, where is it coming um, So yesterday it was reported that Tampa Bay is signing Tennessee wide receiver Julio Jones to a one-year deal. The seven-time Pro Bowler will join quarterback Tom Brady and fellow wide receivers like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Rashad Perriman. Tyler Johnson and Russell Gage. I can't, I was like, when I wrote that all right. down, I was like, oh my God. And they got Russell Gage and they got what Rashad Brown. I'm like, I forgot that they even had all of these people. I know. Um, it's almost too many. I think it's too too crowded of a room there. But uh, we'll see. Right. You know, maybe some of them don't make the team. I don't know. But Tennessee released uh, Julio in March just one season after acquiring him from Atlanta mainly due to injuries. Uh, last season, he played in just 10 games with 31 catches for 434 yards and one touchdown. That is um, not the Julio Jones. That... He has not played like a full, you know, no. 16, now 17 game season the last two years. Um, so health and age is a concern for Julio. It's why a big, a big household name like that still was released um, you know, this off season and why you're just getting like a one-year deal with Tampa Bay. And I, I think we're just, we're kind of seeing the, you know, final stages of the career here for uh, Julio Jones. So yeah. And I'm really I upset about that. If people like, I think maybe people who don't pay as much attention to football as we do might still think that Julio Jones is like, Julio Jones. So don't, don't be going in fantasy and like snatching no. him up. I, I no. pumped the brakes on that one. So, so literally I'm not going to like call this individual out, but literally a verified like sports analyst, like literally tweeted today. Like a lot of you are acting like Julio Jones still isn't Julio Jones. And I, I, I spared myself from like going in and just ripping this human being apart because again, I will pull my bias from being an Alabama fan. I've been watching Julio Jones for literally centuries at this point. And I can guarantee you he is not Julio Jones. And literally, like you had just said, that statement, in my opinion, is a common, a commoner statement of you think that you hear that name and you see his presence. Bay with Tom Brady. No. And listen, again, come back to us in a season. If we suck, we suck. Great. I don't care. But like, I've seen him go. I was excited for him to go to Tennessee and see what he could do. Yeah. Because when he was on the Falcons, regardless when he was hot, 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 near the end, you knew I was shitting on that entire organization for not doing anything for that team. I was, they were well, so low on my, like low, 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 also low. Think about, also think about it too. Like if he actually did stay in Tennessee, now that like AJ Brown is, gone he would actually be a better fantasy option with ryan Tannehill and the tennessee titans yeah he would be in this uber crowded wide receiver room even though you got tom brady there are way too many weapons here so i don't know maybe maybe in his old age tom brady just needs something to throw to i don't know (laughs) speaking of of, because we got another weapon here a veteran you know high towards the end of his career as well but on Thursday, it was announced that Tampa Bay signed former Minnesota Viking and New York Giant tight end Kyle Rudolph to a one-year deal. The signing comes roughly a month after former Tampa Bay tight end Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement. Um, Rudolph was a two-time Pro Bowler with Minnesota, but was released this offseason by the Giants after just 26 catches, 257 yards, and one touchdown last season. So, 
Um, a little bit of a similar thing here to Julio with a one-year deal, you know, guys on the back nine of their career and, you know, didn't have much production. I liked Kyle Rudolph, to be honest. I'm, no, I know, like, but, um, you know, you, you, those stats that I just read, you do need more production than no, that. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little peed that I thought the Giants could have used him a little bit more. Like that's where like my, but I, I understand like coaching yeah. staff decisions, whatever. I was a little peed about that. So we, unfortunately, someone says we did take a year away from, <laughs> we did. No, the Giants literally did. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think we could have really used it. I remember, I think he made like one massive catch last year. And I was just like, I like jumped off my couch. And I was like, like finally, like I was so excited. Cause like, when they like when we got you were him, so excited to root for any tight end on the Giants that wasn't Evan Ingram. So I gotta tell you, Evan Ingram uh, videos coming out. I know it's camp. I'm not gonna get too hung up on it, but <laughs> videos coming out of uh, Jacksonville camp, and he uh, he's dropping passes. <laughs> I did like quote tweet something, and I was like, ooh, I was like that looks like mid season form. So. <laughs> We'll see. We'll good. see how they like him in Jacksonville. He's not our problem anymore. So that's all I have to say about that. <clears throat> Alrighty, we had a ton to talk about in football. We're gonna switch over to Housewives. So I see a ton of you guys watching on the Twitter and the YouTube. Don't you worry, we're coming back to football. We have a phenomenal game for you guys in regards to running back. So stay tuned. Let's go in because we do not want to miss our Housewives audience and. Holy guacamole. This was the most wild video I have ever seen. And maybe it was because I just got off of an airplane and I sent this to Katie immediately. Because if, listen, I'm not a good flyer. And if this happened to me after I stepped off an airplane, I don't know what I'd do. So Erica Jane from the Real House of Beverly, Phil, Beverly Hills, sorry, has been served with a $50 million lawsuit. So on Friday, after like literally physically stepping off of a plane at LAX following a Hawaiian vacation with co-stars Lisa Rinna and Deanna, Diana Jenkins, Erica James was served at baggage claim with papers for a $50 million racketeering lawsuit. So honestly, imagine just coming off an airplane and you hate your life, like me. Like, I don't want to be there. Hey, you now owe me $50 million. I'd be like, you know what? Take it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm off the airplane. That's all that matters. Um, So the lawsuit has been filed by Edelson PC. It alleges that Erica was aware of her estranged husband, Tom Girardi's, scheme that's going on right now where he allegedly embezzled settlement funds from the Lion Air 610 plane crash victim. So I'm not going to go into detail about that because plane crashes make me scary, scared. And I know all about that because I'm a psycho and I look into all of them. Um, but it's kind of ironic that she stepped off an airplane and was uh, served with this. So Erica has been accused of nine charges, including racketeering, unlawful business practice, and deceit. I think that's how you pronounce that word. We all know I'm not good with pronunciation. Yes, that's how you pronounce that I'm word. I'm not very good. And I'm also not a lawyer. So please do not come to me on the definition of any of those uh, terms right there. You can call uh, Katie's husband. Um, the lawsuit also claims that Erica's company, EJ Global, was created for the purpose of funneling money from Girardi Keys to benefit her. The court documents accuse her of flaunting her lavish lifestyle, which we all freaking know. She had a creative director literally fly around with her while all acting, excuse me, while also acting as the front woman of the operation. So 
yeah. holy guacamole, if this is all true, and I think a lot of people have been saying, like, you knew about this when she denied it. That was a whole part, not even of this season of Beverly Hills, of last season and the season right. before. You knew about this, all this stuff. And she said, no, she denied, denied, denied. Now it's got $50 million is not a little amount of dollars, Katie. Right, so. right. And you know what? To be honest with you, we haven't brought up Erica and Tom in a, kind of a while. on our show in a very long time. That's because there's a new story every single day. Right. It's hard to keep up with everything that's happening. A lot of the times it's so stuff much. that we've already heard or already know, and it's just getting... Obviously, things like this take a very long time, and and right. none of this will be settled for a very long time. Um, but yes, of course, we've always heard like the rumblings of like, did she know? Did she not know? So, you know, I think it was more so the reason we're speaking about it tonight on the show is like that video footage of that happening, you know, being served at the airport, also right next to her co-stars who are on yeah. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with her was more so like, you hear that they're, you know, they're being sued and this, that, the third, but to actually like see video footage of like her getting served was like a whole nother level yeah. for like housewives spectators to see. 100%. So Crazy. Oof. We'll keep you. We'll keep you updated. Not like super often, because like I said, there's a new story every single right. day. Yeah. Um, but when things like this come out, obviously, you know, we share it. So. Right. Um, all right. So this was a fun little article that came out last week from ScreenRant.com. This is our second housewife story of the night. Um, it was an article listing the cringiest couples of the Real Housewives franchise. I think there's been many more that, uh, that are not on this list that was provided in this article. Oh, yeah. But we are going to reveal the list. Um, and we are also going to give our pick for the cringiest couple of all time. So the list from ScreenRan.com in no particular order, cringiest couples in Housewives history. We have Ashley and Michael Darby from Real Houses of Potomac. We have Tinsley Mortimer and Scott Cluth from Roni, which I don't think they were cringy. I just think no. people like have reasons. I for think now people are pissed about it. Yeah. But I don't think they were like cringy. Like you, when they were together, you were rooting for them to like go all the way. They did make out on their first date in front of um, Carol and. That's just name. Tinsley though. Like he that was, was kind of like, gross. Yeah, but he was like an innocent bystander. He was like, oh, okay. like That was kind of cringy. That was kind of gross. We have Gretchen Rossi and Slade Smiley from Real Housewives of Orange County. We have Kim Richards and Ken Blumenfield from yeah. Beverly Hills. Alex McCord and Simon Van Kempen from Roni. Bringing it back old school there with them. And then we have Meredith and Seth Marks from Salt Lake I don't think City, they're which I don't agree with them being on this list. I I'm, I'm very much team Meredith and Seth. Me too. I like them together. I like when they're doing well. And, and yep. I root for them as a couple. And I don't find them cringy. I, I think maybe just this past season of Salt Lake City when, like, they kept harping on the fact that Seth was, like, obsessed with Whitney's boobs. Yes. People, I think people were cringing over those moments, yes. but I think his marriage with Meredith is not cringing. No. So that is our list. Um, Caitlin, do you have your vote for cringiest couple? 
hundred percent. And it was so easy. It was like, it beamed out at me when I looked at this list. It is Alex McCord and Simon Van Kempen <laughs> from Brony. They were literally the worst human beings I've ever seen on a, a housewife show. Um, I do not ever, there's so much controversy of like them showing up to girls night uh, together. Um, and the women giving her shit for it. No, like if it is a, an actual female night, like you do not bring your husband. I do not care if you do everything together, like great behind the scenes. That's cute. Like, cool. But like, you have to do, like, you have to go to a, it's a girl. It was labeled a girl's I, night. And Ramona used to give her so much shit. And that. you deserve it. And like, I will say, like, I think I saw something of them recently and like, they're actually like not that weird anymore. In my opinion, like I saw something where it was like, oh, I didn't want to like barf on the screen. But every time I saw them on, I, I just couldn't do it. I, I honestly just couldn't. I just don't. I don't know what it is. They suck. Well, um, I went rogue and I went off the list. I'm truly Ooh. wondering how Vicky Gumbelson and Brooks did not. Ah. Maybe because uh, did you have to be married to be on this list? Maybe, maybe there was a stipulation. Maybe there was I a clause. Maybe there was an asterisk in this article that I missed. But well, no, I was Tinsley and Scott did they? They got married, right? Yes. Well, no, no, they just think so. Um. So maybe there was yeah. a stipulation in the article that I missed, but I was like surprised that they were not. Oh, on yes, it. great. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they freaking sucked. Yeah, they win. They win for me. So, but you know what? It really wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Some of, these, some of them on this list, I don't find uh, super cringy. Like again, I said Meredith and Seth, Tinsley and Scott. No. Um, I think I think Gretchen and Slade are are definitely high up. They could have been a pick for cringiest. Yeah. Totally get them being there. Um, but Vicky and Brooks, like I don't. Again, I don't know if there was a stipulation, but if there was none, then they are. Queen, Queen B and, and King B on that one. Definitely agree. All right. So that's it for housewives tonight. Obviously, you know, listen, we've got stuff. We've got a listen in both areas, football housewives, whew, wine, light, everything is going on right now. All right. So let's go get into our game. We are playing that running back one, two punch. The other week we did our wide receiver one, two punch. So similar to that, we are taking a look across the NFL at each team's running back positions and Listen, we went ahead and decided which five teams have the best running back one-two punch and which team has the worst running back one-two punch. Plus, we're giving an honorable mention. So just as a little bit of an asterisk here, while depth charts are not finalized across team websites, we are looking at ESPN's quote-unquote depth charts. Training camp literally just started across the league, I think, today, everyone reported. So, like... Let's just keep that in mind. These are not final. Do not come running at us if you think some random guy is going to shoot out of the woodwork and take over the number one or the number two spot. This is, and again, a lot of the team websites do not have official depth charts out. So this is strictly coming from ESPN for, um, so you can't go to like giants.com and get their Well, like, and like ESPN, I mean, when we were doing this game, I was like, I wonder if they already took out like Chris Carson, like for well, Seattle. Well, that's the thing. They like, so yeah. they keep these very, very up to date, like minute by minute. So, right. you know, this is, this is pretty accurate. But that's probably why like the teams actually don't do it. Cause they're probably like, shit, we can't be liable for this. <laughs> these changes. We don't know what's going on day to day. And even with camp now, like people are, they will, no change. They will change. And as yeah. camp goes, ESPN will change them. And, and that's how it will be. So. 
So just keep that in mind. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Um, we are, we're not gonna read off every team. I'm not gonna do that. And we're not gonna read you all of them. Basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna go with our top five and Katie and I did rank them from one to five. Mm-hmm. We are going to give you our honorable mention and we are going to give you, or do you wanna give your worst? It doesn't matter. We can give no, our we'll worst. Do worse we could do worse at the end. We'll do worse at the end. So we give you our honorable mention next. So let's do one to five then. Um, so, or do you want to do five to one? Let's do five to one. All right. So let's do five to one. So Katie, who do you have coming in at your number five slot team? Just your, your duo. At number five, I am diving into our division, the NFC East. I am going with the Dallas Cowboys tandem of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, I feel as though people are, and listen, I'm not a fan of him, but I do feel like people are like sleeping a little bit and forgetting about Ezekiel Elliott a little bit. I would not forget about him. I would not forget about him, no. I I just feel like he still is a top running back in the league. And then obviously uh, this past season, times that maybe we saw him banged up a little bit, you know, Tony Pollard would step right in like flawlessly. And I really do believe they're they're a nice one-two punch in Dallas. Yep. All right. And also everyone can keep track throughout the evening how many Katie and I have similar. Maybe not like at the same spot, but how many teams we have similar just in the top five. All right. So at number five for me, I'm actually going to go with New Orleans, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. For me, obviously, Alvin Kamara is a top running back in the NFL right yeah. now. And I think one of the most interesting interesting things about doing this analysis across the, all teams was that every pretty much number one was like, cool. And you're like, great. I like them getting into the number twos was a little shady here, in my opinion. So, but what I like about the number two here is that Mark Ingram is a veteran in the NFL. So if you really want to kind of like look back into things and really kind of trust what your core is, you know, taking in a veteran at this spot, you know, isn't really a terrible thing. So. All right. All right. Coming in at number four for you, who do you have? So at four, I have the Denver Broncos, and I have Javante Williams, and I have Melvin Gordon. Um, Javante Williams, rookie last year, had a breakout rookie yep. season. No, like was not on anybody's radar um, going into the going into the year. And he is, you know, we we're not doing our fantasy football talk just yet, but he is going to be one of you like, can take my some advice. Breakout, <laughs> my breakout players, like watch this guy, draft this guy. Um, Javante is RB one. And Melvin Gordon is RB2 and throw Melvin Gordon on a lot of other teams and he would be RB1. So um, I I love this tandem for Denver. This is a huge bright spot for their offense. 100%. All right. So this is where we swapped a little bit here, but I went with Dallas. I put them in at the number four spot for me. Uh, Very much so. A lot of what you said, I do not want people sleeping on Ezekiel Elliott, but mine on this one was 100% Tony Pollard being that number two on what you said. What did he do for the team last year? Everything. He literally stepped in as everything that he could, even dealing with a little bit of an injury. So I think that if you can keep that tandem for as long as you can, they're actually interchanging with each other. You're actually putting one in one spot, one in two. You're going back and forth. It used to be, and there's not many running backs in the league like this anymore where they're like, they're the bell cow and they get like a ridiculous amount of carries and RB2 like barely gets any touches. It's all RB1. 
And that's how Ezekiel was when he yeah. came into the league. Dallas would run the crap out of him. And now, like, he could ease up a bit. And it's only going to help him and his career by being able to, like, share that, you know, share that load right. with Tony Pollard when, when yeah. he needs to. So. so this is a little interesting tidbit that Alvin Kamara has never had a thousand yard season. Well, so. add his rushing yeah. and his receiving yards together. And that's yeah. a pretty nice stat. So. No, it is. He is one of those dual threats that you get at the, the RB position for sure. But no, it is. And it's definitely something that's been on our radar for a while uh, when we do, because we do actually, Alvin Kamara is one of the players that I feel like we do kind of look into in depth a little bit when we go into a lot of things. Because when you think of the New Orleans, he is definitely one of the guys that just like peers out right at you and you're looking at him. So it's, mm -hmm. it is definitely, definitely interesting to see that for sure. All right. So number three, who do you have? All right. Number three, uh, you know, maybe the RB two is like not, might not jump out at everybody, but we, he's paired with one of the best, if not maybe the best running back, I'm going to Indy and I'm going Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. So I actually had Naheem, Naheem Hines on my fantasy team, you know, yeah. I think I picked him up during the year. Uh, he was always, he was like a bench player for me, but he's actually a very good receiving running back. Um, he, he's small, you know, he, he'll remind you of like a Darren Sproles where he'll just yeah. catch out of the backfield. Um, but pair him with Jonathan Taylor, you know, I, I'm not saying Naheem Hines would be an RB one on another team, but right. He does enough, and you're pairing him with Jonathan Taylor. I had to add this duo onto my list. All right, so a name that you had already mentioned, I put Denver in my third okay. spot with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon very I much know. because I love Javante Williams. I love yeah. you know what I'm gonna we're gonna see from him uh, in his year, and to have Melvin Gordon as your RB two, like yeah. hell yeah! Like I honestly, I almost put them at my number one, but I had to like pull back a little bit. I was like, hey, but they are like they're everything you it's want in. In an RB duo, I feel like they are everything you want. I know that kind of sounds contradictory because I didn't put them at my number one, but I think you'll understand why I didn't put them there in the next two picks. Um, but like, I just, they they really are. And, you know, Denver with coming, you know, Russell Wilson coming in, you know, let's see what he can do what, from a wide receiver perspective. Let's see what he can do actually rushing himself. But I'd love to see how he actually interacts with his, you know, running backs as well and you have two freaking phenomenal ones to work with so like yes. to me that's really exciting so i had to put them at number three here all right all right who do you have falling in at number two number two another guy that i had on my fantasy football team last year um i am going to green bay with mr aaron jones and aj dylan uh aaron jones and i can speak on this like having him in fantasy last year, I thought he had a little bit of a disappointing, a little bit of a down yeah. season last year, like not a huge drop off. He's still very talented. Right. He's still Aaron Jones. Years. But I don't feel like he had an Aaron Jones type year that we were used to seeing right. from him, but he's still a top back in the league. Um, maybe, you know, he does need to be more of a focal point this year for Green Bay, um, you know, losing, losing a weapon like Devontae Adams, but AJ Dillon, um, he was definitely, I feel like a fan favorite for people in fantasy, like yeah. in the later rounds and stashing him on your bench. Um, he's, he's a good running back as well. And I think they are one of the better, obviously I have them at number two 
one of the better, more talented tandems at the running back position in the league. We are finally lined up on one, Katie. <laughs> I have them falling at number two for right. everything that you just said and more. Oh, my goodness. In my opinion, we spoke about it earlier with Alan Lazard with that question that we got in on. Is he looking yeah. at you wanting uh, from a wide receiver perspective in fantasy early on? And I made the, com uh, the comment, no, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is a passer. They need to look at other options, you know, offensively this season, no matter if Aaron Rodgers likes it or not. And listen, Aaron Rodgers, if you don't like it, they're going to find someone else, in my opinion, going a quarterback. So that's where the Green Bay Packers are at at this point. And listen, they got to push love to the run game. And that might not be a play on words if Jordan Love's going to be pushing love to the run game or not. But literally, you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's phenomenal for a team who literally just lost Devontae Adams, who was your playmaker and everything like that. So absolutely love that. So I, I think it's great for them. And this is interesting. I did not know that. Green Bay tried to make a move at Julio and also the Colts as well well so i don't know about julio jones in green bay that's a little bit of question mark for me but yeah i don't, I, I don't know yeah i don't know. i love julio I mean, jones. green bay definitely could use any kind of uh you know help i think at wide receiver right now yeah but i just don't know if that's the yeah i don't i don't know i don't know all right so coming down to our number one I have, a feeling, I have a feeling that if we were in sync at number two, I have a feeling we're, we are going to agree on number I think one. We're, Everybody yeah. should agree at number one. I am going with the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. Yes. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I think more than any other RB2 in the league, Kareem Hunt is most worthy of on another team 100%. being RB1. Oh, yeah. So, um, this tandem is scary, both obviously scary. capable of rushing for over a thousand yards. Um, who knows? Who knows what the hell is going to happen with Deshaun Watson? This could be right. just run, 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 run until you run. cannot run. And uh, having either one of these guys on your fantasy football team is a real treat. They are the obvious number one on this list. Yep, they are no, there's no too much, not much more I have to have yes. to say on this. It's a hundred percent. Yes, if that was not your number one, I don't know what you're doing. So I think we did pretty we pretty even. So. We only had one team difference. So. Right. Yeah. All right. That was good. So honorable mention, who the team have? that you had that I didn't have is my honorable mention. I'm going with New Orleans, Alvin Kamara, All right. Mark Ingram. Um, this is a great veteran pair. Uh, obviously, you'd love to have either one of these guys. Alvin Kamara is a top right, you know, a top yeah. five running back in the league. And Mark Ingram, having him, having like a strong veteran presence who, you know, Alvin Kamara has, you know, he gets injuries from time to time. He gets banged up from time to time. And knowing that you can have Mark Ingram fill in and be there is he's like your safety blanket. So they are my honorable mention, just missing out on my top five. So my honorable mention is we're going up north on the East Coast to the Buffalo Bills with uh -huh. Devin Singletary and James Cook. I think James Cook is going to deliver a lot as a rookie to the Buffalo Bills with going behind a running back like Devin Singletary. We have not seen anything oh, yet. Froze. Can you hear me? Am I frozen? Am I here? 
No. She's back. Am I back? You can hear yep. me? All right. What, okay. So, obviously, I did say uh, Buffalo, Devin Singletary, yeah. and James Cook. Obviously, we have not seen uh, James Cook yet uh, being a rookie, but I do think that we are going to see a decent amount and being behind Devin Singletary, I think is really good for him. So I, I had to, I actually kind of like felt like I could put them into my top five, but that would be too aggressive. That would be too spicy, even though I do make spicy takes from here and there. So I did put them in my honorable mention for that. All right. Fair enough. Did you freeze again? She froze again. Will she come back? We shall see. Do, 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 do. She's still frozen. Please come back to the podcast with me. I'm back. Back. Yeah. My, uh, my internet has been like, I don't know what it has been the last like month. Awful, like awful, awful, awful. No, no you know, it's the humidity, it's the thunderstorms, it's all that. Whatever, I ain't about it. So, um, so let's go with the worst. Um, so, and I, again, I must say, we looked at the number one on each team. I thought everyone, everyone's number one was good, and I was just like, oof, I don't know. It's just so. Tough. There were a couple options for worst here, and there were some options that included rookie running backs and I almost wanted to give them more of a benefit of the doubt like they could be good which is which is what led me to pick a tandem of veteran players who you're showing your cards we've already seen what they're made of we we know who they are they've been in the league a while like what we're showing you is like advertising like it is what it is rather than you could have hope that one of these young kids could be good. So I am going with the Houston Texans tandem of Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. Um, Neither one of these guys, you know, Marlon Mack is not an RB1. Rex Burkhead, I think is fine as an RB2 paired with a really good RB1, but just, I don't like this tandem together. and again, it's just, we're looking at Houston here. Like Houston has it rough. They do not have yeah. playmakers and, you know, doing this game and looking at the list of all 32 teams, it's like, ooh, it's going to be a rough ooh. year. It's going to be a very rough year for Houston. And honestly, that's only makes it more rough for Davis Mills, where right. it's like your run game is eh, like, and we're going to have to rely on you. And yeah, that's not great either. Yeah. Uh, I do have a couple of comments coming in. Um, yes, I am. I know my internet sucks. I am actually wired through an ethernet cord, which sucks and it does not work for some reason. I got to call Optimum. I don't know what's going on. Um, and someone asked if we are going to training camp with the Giants. Um, unfortunately, uh, it really sucks, but Katie and I actually cannot due to we are uh, we are workers nine to five. Um, so we can't take days to go. Um, and the weekend, I was actually very pleased to see how many weekend things they had, but none of it actually works out for us. So unfortunately, we cannot do that. We cannot do Fan Fest. But uh, we were actually talking before the show. We are going to be, we're going to try to hit up as many games as we can this year. So uh, you'll see us. We'll be there. Don't worry. You'll know we'll be there. So. All righty. And my worst duo, um, and I get everything that you said. And maybe it's just like, I'm just like, this team just like screams out worse to me. 
I gotta go with Jacksonville uh, with Travis and I cannot and I know Junior and James Robinson. You I know just, what's hilarious is I told my husband the game we were playing, and he was like, "The duo that would be in my top five is Travis Etienne and James Robinson." <laughs> And I get it. James no, Robinson is actually one of my favorite RB2s. I know. He can be an RB1. And that's just, a lot saying how they feel about Etienne. Like, yeah. obviously, he, he suffered an injury last year. Um, and we it's didn't just, get to see him. But I actually really do like that duo as well. I don't. I don't know. There's too many question marks. I'm not a question mark gal. Even though the Giants are a huge question mark. I'm not a question mark gal. I don't know. All right. I get it, though. I get it. That's so funny. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a great game. Great diving into. This only helps us, by the way. Like, I know we didn't start our fantasy football talk yet, but these yeah. kind of games, like looking at these wide receivers, looking at these running backs, that obviously we're trying to help you here, too, and, and kind of giving you right. who we like and who we think are going to be, you know, studs this upcoming mm -hmm. season. So definitely a good game to play. But now we are going to get it off our chest is that part of the night positive negative housewives football life wine summer almost football season kate what do you got well it's almost football season but it is almost october and what that means is that bravo con is back in new york city Woo! and katie and i are officially this is our announcement. I even I announced it on our Instagram today. Um, so we are going back to BravoCon. We are going on Saturday. We did not buy the three-day passes. Sorry. That's, that's not. Okay. It would have literally been like $500 each. Like, I'm sorry. Not even price-wise, but like, it's that's a lot to take in. Like for No, like, no, price-wise, like, that's a lot. Like, Giant Training Camp is, is free. Like, I can go see, like, you know, I can go to, like, literally, we went to the softball game for, like, what? Like, was the softball game free? No, it was like $10. I don't know. Literally, like, I could meet Giants fans for or Giants players for free. Like, it's literally not like, anything worth it. But we are going back to BravoCon. I'm so excited. Katie and I had a phenomenal time in 2019. So it has been almost three years. It will be three years, technically, mm -hmm. since we have gone. We had a, literally met so many Bravo lebs. So excited. Obviously, a lot has to do with Housewives. That's where we kicked off our friendship with Luann, and she clearly loves us. I loved that part of our announcement today of literally me sobbing meeting her. So I can't wait to do that again. My sister joked on our post. She was like, "Maybe Caitlin won't cry again." No, I will. You know, I cry when I, I cry when I, I get very starstruck. We all know that, but. Honestly, like so excited that Katie and I are able to go again. I'm so happy they're selling one day passes. We got in the day before. You know, if you are not a Bravo um, insider yet, I uh, recommend anyone who watches the show that you're into Housewives, you're into Bravo, become a Bravo insider for events like these, for like any TV specials. Like you get like the all in access on that. It literally does not cost a single dollar. Like you just, and I literally, so I got tickets to BravoCon before other people could. So like, it's literally just like a simple thing of finding out things. So do that. I'm so excited. Katie and I are already in the process of brainstorming and workshopping costumes. So if you have any idea, Katie has a really good one, but I'm still like struggling. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I, I don't even know. So 
But please let us know. And we are so excited if you're going. Let us know, obviously. Uh, we'll meet you there. But again, just be prepared for a ton of phenomenal content. We'll actually have business cards this time. We did not have them last time, but people will actually get them now. But we are so excited to be going back again. Obviously, a huge part of this podcast. So I cannot wait. Absolutely. Um, so my get it off my chest, I'll make it real quick. Um, Kayla was not the only one to post this on Instagram. I actually saw a ton of people post this on Instagram. And I will say that 99% of the people that posted were posting it because they were very sad about the news. Caitlin was the lone person, by the way, that posted this, that Choco Taco, the famous, you know, famous dessert, you know, you, you're always going to see it on the ice cream truck. Well, it is being discontinued. There will be no more Choco Tacos. And the people, the smart people are absolutely outraged about this. Caitlin basically posted it and was like, I never liked them. Like, anyway, so whatever. Um, I am not, I'm not a big chocolate person. I'm not a chocolate dessert person. I'm always like, give me something fruity. If the ice cream man pulls up without fail, I want the Choco Taco. It is my favorite ice cream truck dessert. I love it. I I genuinely can't remember the last time I had one. Um, You're not a true fan. So there you go. I don't, I, I don't have children. I don't go to baseball games and see the ice you cream. You literally like, have the North Caldwell ice cream man's number. <laughs> All right. I haven't seen an ice cream truck in a very long time. So one uh, just started going through my complex. I'm so excited. <laughs> listen, Choco Taco. I have no idea why they've decided to end. I hope that the outroar and like the, you know, outrage and uproar on, you know, social media, people being very upset. I hope somehow that changes something, but my get it off my chest is, you know, a big to Caitlin, uh, for how dare you, how dare you? I actually like immediately messaged her and cursed (laughs) her out. And apparently she told me that five seconds later, my brother did the same. So thank you, Ricky. Thank you to my brother. Um, I knew he would be on the same page as me on that one. So Choco Taco, if you really are going to be done, you will live in my heart forever. And hopefully, like, maybe the ice cream man might still have, like, you know, a stash of that. I'm going to – now I am going to hit I, – I do have his number. I'm going to hit him up and be no, like, all right. your last box of Choco Taco. So you and all the Choco Taco, quote-unquote, lovers are very dramatic. So, yes, the ice cream people are still selling them. So get over yourself. They're still selling them. What they're not doing anymore is selling the four-pack in the grocery store. Oh, so you, you cannot get off your lard. We were, and we were dramatic because we thought it was the end. Wow, of- you got to read into the details, but good. I thought it was a good, done, well, get over it. When F you, but thanks for reading the details. No, so there you go. Read the details, obviously, everything like that. Yes, so an ice cream man can still individually sell it to you. So it's very similar to... So Klondike owns Choco Taco. So if you think about when you buy Klondike bars at the grocery store, you buy them in like a six pack. So when you buy from the uh, ice cream man, you buy a single package. So that is literally what's going to happen right now. So you literally just buy a Choco Taco. So honestly, though, screw all of you guys. I got so much hate for posting that. And I want, you know, I wanted, I wanted the hate because I knew because they're disgusting. Honestly, they are so not cool. And I'm a huge, like, 
I like all of that stuff. I'm not a huge dessert person, but like chocolate, cool. Yeah, they're gross. They're not, they're not good. They're not whatever. They're so hyped up. Like, and you could tell like the amount of hate I got back. Like you guys are a little like choco taco cult. Like you're a little, like, I'm little if pilot. I'm part of a cult. I'm cool being no. a part of taco. Like you're literally a part of like the choco. Like, I think the, like the, the government should look into this choco taco cult. Cause like the amount of hate I got was like overwhelming. And I knew, I knew I was going to get it, but it's like my same thing. I hate peanut butter. And like, you can come at me for that. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I tweet I about peanut them. butter, but that's it's just disgusting. Like it's literally, peanut butter is literally disgusting. So you can come after me. Choco, taco, peanut butter, like great. I uh, cool, cool. I don't eat. I don't eat red meat either. Steaks or burgers. So cool. Come at me. <laughs> come at me, people. She doesn't like Aperol spritzes. Come at her. Okay, you know what? I did. Shockingly enough, I did tweet about that like a week or two ago. I thought I was gonna get a lot of hate. I, no one like. No one really gave a shit. I don't know. Well, maybe some people, the people that do not like them, a lot of people will argue that they are too bitter. And I think that's because if you do too, but I don't mind bitter. Because if you drink Aperol on its own, it, it's 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 like a bitter, like it's very bitter. So if you get one that is too much Aperol, like the Aperol ratio to Prosecco is too I don't much. Know what it is. I go very light on the Aperol when I order one. So. I don't know what it is. I'm just, they don't, they just don't send it home for me. I, I, that's all I really have to say. But um, I'm so happy that Katie was able to call me out tonight on get it off your chest, whatever. If you're a Choco Taco lover, you can shove it up your ass. That's all I care about. <laughs> With that being said, uh, we are going to close out tonight. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We do not want you guys to miss the Real Beverly, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is on tonight at 8 p.m. You're a little bit behind if you're watching live. Dubai is also on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Real Housewives of Atlanta is still on Sundays at 8 p.m. We are eight days away from the Hall of Fame game, people. It felt real when I watched, you know, things from practice today. It felt real when I put this jersey on before. I'm so excited. So we're eight days away from that. And Hard Knocks is only 13 days away. So and, and next time you guys see us, it'll officially be August. So that means crazy. football. Football is in crazy, August. Crazy. Football is in August. Um, so yes, obviously stay tuned for everything that we have coming out. Please, please, please um, uh, keep a lookout on our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook. We are posting updates constantly. We will catch you live every Wednesday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. As always, we appreciate the love. You guys kill it. So happy you're with us tonight. And we will catch you on the next episode of The Real Football Fans of New Jersey. Mwah. Love you guys. Good night. Good night, honey bear. Oh, she's in the room back there. She's probably like, screw you, guys. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.